I want to bring in now the Deputy Speaker of the National Assembly, Lechisa Tsenodi, who joins us now in our studio outside uh, the Cape Town City Hall. Uh, Deputy Speaker, thank you for making time for us. Good morning. Good morning, and good morning to your listeners. Yes, so I, I want us to start off just with how things are going so far. Is it all, um, as we like to say, systems go? Are there any glitches we should be aware of? I'm not aware of any glitches. Uh, systems are in order, in place, and I think the, your very presence here, organized in front of the place, is part of the preparations to accredit the media that must inform the public objectively mm -hmm. from close by to where we are meeting. Mm -hmm. So that's, those are important preparations just to talk about the media. Yesterday, we were able to rescue, well, launch the new broadcasting studios, which we were supported by a business, uh, which was banned initially during the burning of the parliament, the outrageous burning of parliament. And so we were lucky that we've had a partnership to be able to rescue our broadcasting studio. What it means for us is that the work of parliament and its transparency visible in the eyes and ears of the public is underway and ready to mm. communicate to the public what's happening there with support of all of you in the media. But the rest of the preparations, the guests that we have invited, and uh, in the past couple of days, uh, people who operate in the central business district have been affected by the closures but this is what they expect annually mm. and it is always discussed and communicated with them in time so that that little inconvenience to allow for safety of all guests and participants in the process is assured it's an important part of those preparations and we think we've done enough of mm -hmm. that so far which former presidents can we expect often you would have some former presidents being invited and they come through. Yes. Which have you invited this year? Have you invited the former president, Jacob Zuma? Yes, he's on the list of all the invitees. I don't know whether he is has the accepted. <laughs> we don't know whether... I, I haven't got the information whether But the last he, time you checked, did he RSVP? No, I'm not aware. All the, the, the our teams that are working on these invitations told us this is the list of people who we invited. His name was there. Mm -hmm. And in fact, all of them acknowledge, now that you talk about RSVP, they acknowledge receipt of the invitation. Hey. But then what we waited for, there are a few who have confirmed that they are going to come. Okay. Former president, former speakers, and, 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 and deputy, former deputy presidents. Okay. Yes. So, so, so who's, who's confirmed that they're coming? I don't have the list okay. in my head, yeah. Uh, in terms of the former presidents and the speakers, but yeah. some have acknowledged yeah, that they, they've received. All of them have acknowledged. Except. And then uh, some of them have confirmed they're coming. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, we, I want us to talk a little bit about the new rules that, that were you know, adopted and, and endorsed by Parliament mm. to try and prohibit disruptions in Parliament. Yes. What difference are those new rules going to make? Because when I was reading them through, and yeah. I've been listening to you and the speaker talk about them, I don't think they're going to make a huge difference. So maybe help me and help the listeners understand how they're going to stop what the EFF does almost every single year at SONA. Well, uh, we, uh, oftentimes things when they are understood, implied, 
in the rules that we do because we have resisted to rule every little detail. The only reason we have had to amend them, to make them explicit, is so that there isn't any doubt about what is intended, why that is so. But we also have a responsibility to communicate practically in the processes of preparations that we are hearing people complaining about the chaos that is created during the State of the Nation address, that we have taken steps to explicitly indicate what is wrong with what behavior that we expect. And this is the authority we have over the governance of, mm. uh, of Parliament especially. And we are hoping that uh, we don't stop communicating the expectation that all members of parliament, including the EFF, <laughs> must behave differently. The consequences are not nice. But I suppose what I'm asking is what difference is that going to make? Because they're not, they're, not, they're not prohibited from... Um, so they can still rise up on a point of order. The speaker must still say, what do you want? And they say, they want to raise whatever the speaker must say, but that's not the business of today. We have to focus on the state of the nation address. The, the difference is the limitations of time. We won't do it for 20 minutes, for 30 minutes. It will be done briefly, and, and then the proceedings will go ahead. That's the difference it's going to make. There isn't going to be any long, uh, one after another, nonsense as we have seen in the past. Nothing stops them from rising one after another. There is. This is the difference that is going to be made. But the, the, the rule doesn't say you can't get up. They don't have to say that. Yeah. The authority of this, by the way, the speaker has authority to limit uh, points of from order. From a particular party? No, from anyone who does that. You, you guys keep saying that this is for the EFF. Anybody potentially could rise up to raise a point of order. And if it is about what has been ruled upon, what we are suggesting mm. explicitly is that that constitutes disruption and disruption is not allowed. So we are not going to allow any further uh, points, points of, order. of order. Yes. Okay. Yes. So the speaker then can say we can't allow any further points of yes. orders. And then if they start getting up one by one, then the speaker can order for their removal. Yes. Amongst other things that can be done. Of course, following the rules. You don't just call for the calling of people to be removed. There's a mm. procedure you must follow to ensure that happens lawfully. Okay. We've got so, to, yeah. so even if there are some attempts to disrupt because of the new rules, this is not going to take a long time like we've seen previously. Yes, we have decided we must shorten that period. We must insist empower the presiding officers but also to explicitly inform the public of what it is we are preventing. Mm. Because the public says, how can we keep watching this disruptive conduct by MPs? And unfortunately, when this is said, it's generalized. It is not said it's the EFF. Yeah. It's generalized as parliament, as MPs having no order. That's the unfortunate consequences of any such conduct in the House. Okay. I, I want to ask about just two other things before I yes. let you go, Deputy Speaker. Mm. The refurbishment of Parliament. Yes. Uh, I spoke to the Secretary of Parliament, Colin George, yesterday, yes. uh, who says at least by late 2025, we should start really seeing the process of things being finalized in, in some ways. Yes. And then he said something that shocked the listeners. Mm. He said 
the final tally, they're looking at about 2 billion rand. Yes. In 20, I think about two years or a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. as parliament, you had estimated that it's going to cost a billion rand to refurbish parliament. How did mm. we move from a billion rand to two billion rand? No, let's explain firstly. The, the bending of parliament, the destruction of the chamber, the destruction of offices, mm. the destruction of part of the archives of the African National Congress that were placed in some room by the caucus. Uh, the destruction of the broadcasting equipment, as I said earlier on, uh, what was given as, a, as, an, as, a, as an amount, let's call it what it was, it was an immediate amount of money to begin the process, amongst others, of assessing what the level of damage is, including reconstruction. It was not assumed to be already adequate for rebuilding. It was not meant to be that. And so the understanding with Treasury, which is what, who communicated that amount, was that this is important to begin the crucial work, including obviously of rubbish removal and so on and so on. Uh, there are offices that have been refurbished, finish board already as we speak, of MPs soon after uh, this period, they will be moving into their offices already. Uh, which were destroyed earlier on. So, as the estimates are beginning to emerge more accurately, what is this that was destroyed specifically, not just a thumb suck, mm. uh, they may be arriving at figures as we are suggesting. Do you understand, though, why the skepticism on the part of the public? Because it, it was there before. Uh, 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 yeah, because uh, this government before has, has come up with estimations of how much it's going to cost to do certain things, and yes. then it balloons, and then you find out their comrades have benefited no this is the point we are making that a transparent process the amount that was given could not have been based on any assessment i mean anybody who would have expected it to have been done on based on an assessment that was not done would be silly quite frankly it's not correct so you're putting your head on the table that that two billion rand we're not going to be hearing that there are people who got no, kickbacks. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not going. To, I don't have a head to put on any block. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, you know, I, I have, want you to put it here. No ways. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I have grandchildren. Uh, I must teach. <laughs> so, but but yeah. how, how, I, do you have accountability mechanisms? Yes. How are you going to make yes. sure that on re- this two billion rand is going to go for what it's intended for? Yeah. No. This is the point we're making. The, the requirements for the Secretary of Parliament uh, leading the administration to communicate what is emerging from those assessments. Those reports of assessments of the damage caused will be made public so that people know what is happening. The costs that are related to the refurbishment of those things will be made public. The process is designed so that people can be assured that their money has been used for appropriate purposes. Mm. I'm just concerned that the initial figure that was rose, what you are beginning to see Mm. is work that is happening, that is beginning to indicate the likely amounts that are going to happen uh, so that we can be sure that money goes. Uh, The appropriate resources are used for purposes Mm. for which they were meant. This is is a decidal heritage site in the first place. But secondly, we said 
any crisis offers an opportunity to do things differently mm. for example one of the one of the most important differences that will emerge in that precinct when we are complete is its accessibility to people with, dis- with disability yeah from its website to the navigation of people who are blind yeah. of the precinct and so on and so on those things yeah. were not done when the building was was yeah and and with all due respect deputy speaker you're saying you know this was a crisis unfortunately you've got comrades there in your organization that yes. actually used the crisis to loot when, when people were dying of COVID 19 the president said i don't foresee a situation where money is going to be stolen here and then what happened so the point i'm making is i mean you may intend well and say this is a crisis this is a heritage site you know money is going to go there but you also know yourself there are comrades within the organization that are quick to get their hand in the cookie jar uh, the the work what you are not saying is that uh, people have been arrested for who? doing that who people have been arrested give me two no let me give you an example for example people who have been placed as a result of the investigations conducted on pp what is this thing ppe called? yeah yeah and so on i don't have names immediately because there are none no there is there's no comrade of yours who's behind bars i can tell you that because i've looked there's no comrade of yours who's behind bars now as you speak because well, of PPE what corruption. what what it means is that you don't have a case against them if 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 they have not been arrested and have been proven to be guilty that is what it would also mean theoretically let's agree your own assumptions are also inaccurate they're not based on fact there is a case <laughs> do, do you know i can mention the number no number yes yes her daughter yes benefited from ppe yes contract yes do you think her daughter's company works in ppe and has done work around ppe before yes i can go on to mention yes. some of your comrades whose relatives yes have somehow started companies and they started banning from P- benefiting from PPE contracts, not because their companies, for the longest time, have yeah, been doing work around yeah, that. Yeah. Why don't we? Why don't we do this? You see, what we are raising is precisely what we always complain about. Then, can we have a way in which people with information, and those who have, uh, we know those who did so. For example, like uh, Masek, the DG, former DG. In, who were brave enough to say this is what happened this is as a result of which what happened and others sought to mess up his life and so on mm. but they were brave enough to produce the evidence that was important to be able to take things further and what happened to him yeah. after he did that no the organization didn't embrace him he was no. out of a job no no this is what is tough about any part of society which relates to business i think it's what is tougher also about being part of the anc and being in the anc government when you speak out against the president yes. and you expose the president yes. you're going to be out of a job well people uh, evidence that emerges uh, uh, we often say that uh, what does that so mean? you may lie but it doesn't have stamina soon you are going to be inside you will be arrested that it takes time it's not uh, uh, an accident mm. it is because people do try to fudge things dodge play tricks and games and so on they do get finally i mean people were killed uh, who did things uh, legitimately in their own right 
but they have been arrested mm. and some of them have been convicted now so we can't uh, it takes time i hope for a day when we're going to see some of your comrades in orange overalls whether it's people who've benefited from ppe from digital vibes yes from state capture yes. they were part of that state capture corruption i yes. hope we're going to see a day where we don't say it takes time but we say look at them now um languishing in jail i want us to reflect on parliament now before before i let you go um what do you think pal how do you think parliament has fared over because this is the end of so to speak of the sixth administration right yes, this is the yes, last sauna yes, yes. for the sixth administration yes as parliament when you look mm. back mm. in your oversight responsibility how do you yes. think you're fed it's a mixed bag uh, and in certain instances the courts have pronounced uh, that for example we did not have appropriate rules we did not act uh, effectively in one part or another on the other hand, there are very significant legislative interventions we have made. Not only, uh, and some of these were, were read, were stated by the Chief Justice at mm. our legislative sector summit the other day. Mm. That makes a huge difference to lives of people. Over the years, the, the continuation of the Labor Relations Act, the amendments, of the basic conditions of employment to include domestic workers and farm workers has been a huge has made a huge impact on the quality of lives of ordinary working class people who otherwise would not have made any difference and and these legislative interventions they, they are across many sectors one of those that i think are more recent and crucial is the <clears throat> our our unanimous decision to amend the constitution to make sign language uh, a 12th language in the country mm. and this adds to what the constitutional court did in striking a clause in the copyright act that made it difficult for people to access blind people to access materials and translate them into braille so that they can have access to whatever is written mm. in the country and so on so together these two closes an important gap for those with disabilities to have access to be able to do that mm. that 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 changes the picture of what people with disabilities like those must now be reflected the the, the seventh parliament is going to have to oversee the implementation of the new legislation mm. for example for the promotion of sign language how do we strengthen oversight mechanisms um because well, part of the recommendations of the state capture uh, commission was yeah. for a move to const a constituency based system of proportional representation because that would have several advantages that helps i suppose mps exercise effective oversight without worrying about their parties so you're accountable to constituents and not the party because as things stand right now as lechisa tsenodi mm -hmm. you may think it is wrong to vote let's say in support uh, to to vote uh, not to implement um or endorse a, a, a panel report on palapala um but then the party says no 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 this is what we instruct you to do yes, and you can do yes. what the party contrary to what the party instructs you to do but what mm. that says to me is 
you are accountable to your party. You're not accountable to me as your constituency. But when you take your oath of office as a member of parliament, mm. it's your oath of office to the constitution and the republic, not yes. to the ANC. And that was what uh, firstly the the problem with the constituency proposal that you are talking about is that we already have that on the ground in local government in municipalities. Is it making the difference that you are suggesting it will be made? Do we have evidence that it is doing that? Political parties are what is in the constitution the requirement that people have a right of association to form political parties. And that's how we chose also as a country, that's how we are going to govern ourselves through political parties, not through individuals. Individuals can play a very crucial role, do play a crucial role. My conscience must tell me, I can't firstly steal, and if I do, I must be punished. Whatever my party says about me and what they want to do about it. What if your conscience tells you, I can't protect, let's say, Jacob Zuma yes. in the next, when there's a, a, a vote of no confidence against him, but your party says, we are instructing you to protect him. That's happened before. Yeah, no, 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 no. You must also talk about people who said, no, I will not obey what the party said. They've done said. They, when, when you join a political party, an organization, an association, you 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 say amongst other things for example that i will advance the interests of the organization okay yes subjecting my individual interest to yes. the organization yeah when you join a party yes when you I, join parliament this is that's different no this is exactly what i'm pointing i'm yeah. starting you with the political party yes and if you violate the requirements of the party mm -hmm. even if you you say you are going to be able to uh, to act in accordance with what the oath you subsequently took when you became a member of parliament that's a risk that you have to take that's 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 what integrity means that's what ethics requires that you do that and if that fails then there's a problem that must be addressed inside all political parties for integrity to be above uh, not only integrity ethics to be above party political affiliation there are people who, I will tell you, uh, uh, there's an old man I like, he's late now, past four. He was from the nor northern part of Kosovo. Past four? Yeah. That's the that, name. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that was his nickname. I don't know what was the reason. But he argued that, uh, listen here, uh, even, even in, uh, uh, when the security police were all over us, the one thing they knew, that these ones don't steal. Uh, they still one thing they do still is the newspaper uh, so this is the distinction he says was being made because of arguing that the requirements to be morally upright is part of the training that we had that we must continue to do meaning that good traditions do suffer when they go to younger ones who no longer are able to follow it but it cuts both ways. It's not only the younger ones who stop mm. that and so on. So it's, um, it's an important campaign and struggle that we are part of. That's what we have been told we were warned would be our job. Yeah. Deputy, speak of the National Assembly. I'm out of time. Um, I'll talk to you forever. <laughs> Thank you for making time for us. And good luck later uh, with the State of the Nation address. Thank you very much. Thank it's you. just after 10.